Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Since we last committed our thoughts to digital storage, it seems that the nation's beef products may have been adulterated with a few of the other passengers from Noah's Ark, or more specifically, the odd four at Beecher's Brook. Anyone eating a burger at Stamford Bridge for the last few decades will hardly have been surprised by the news that there are elements of equine life to be found between the baps, but the fact that other creatures may have found their way into the food chain has raised concerns that some of the Chelsea squad and management team may have been affected. Initial analysis has suggested that traces of Donkey, Robert Fleck and Rafael Benitez may have been found in Fernando Torres, while traces of John Terry have been found in any number of places where they probably shouldn't have been. But our lawyers have asked us not to comment on that. It also seems the problem may not be confined to SW6, but rumours that traces of Gareth Bale have been found in Welsh Lamb are as yet unconfirmed. However, in these days of uncertainty, you will be pleased to hear that the podding shed has been thoroughly checked by the authorities, and we are happy to confirm that what has been found can only have come from cow, well, the rear end of a bull to be precise. Traces of blood have also been found in Tony's alcohol stream, but he assures us this is only a temporary problem. <laughs> Joining you. me, quite all right. Joining me, Dare Kaiser, saw the prime cuts from the, scra- the scrag end of the last fortnight or so, are Mark25, who is Mark. Hi there. Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Good evening. And Grocer Jack, who is Tony. Good evening as well. We will start off um, at Brentford um, from a couple of weeks ago, uh, where Mark had the pleasure of um, finding his way onto the terraces for the first time in a number of years, I would imagine, um, to witness a, um, well, an interesting performance and um, one in which we were fairly lucky to scrape a replay. Scrape a replay. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on, uh, on your trip out to um, the other bit of West London that we don't see that often? Yes, well, it's um, not actually strictly true to say that I found my way to the terraces. Um, uh, I, was, I was in the posh seats in the upper tier. Oh, I see, I see. Um, but did you know that Brentford is the only ground that has a pub on each of its four corners? Yeah, apparently so. Apparently so. That's um, oh, fairly, well, obviously fairly novel. Um, did you um, frequent any of them? No. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got to the first corner and it was a bit crowded. And so we said, oh, let's go down to the next corner. And the next corner, they had a bouncer, and they wouldn't let us in. And so we said, oh, well, don't worry, let's go in and we'll get a beer in the ground. And we went inside, and they weren't selling any beer inside the ground. So um, that didn't work out too well. So it was a cup of tea and a Mars bar. Um, But it is um, a relic to the past, Brentford. I mean, it it really is ancient. Mm. And you make your way up a sort of single staircase, a single width staircase even for relatively slim people. And um, downstairs is standing. I didn't see that bit. We, we had mm. the um, upper tier posh seats. And it's about eight rows deep. It's a very shallow, sta- shallow stand. Yeah. And you're right on top of the pitch. I mean, um, I could have reached down and touched Turnbull's head. We were that close to the pitch. It really is very tight and compact. You might have wanted to give him a slap around the ear. Well, we did. Most point. of us were trying to reach down and grab him at some point. Um but, I mean, in summary, I mean, I've been watching Chelsea since the 60s, and I can't remember a worse performance than that. And, and when you take into account the cost of our squad compared to the cost of our squad in the days of Ian Britton, Mickey Troy, and Jock Finiston, to say that that was the worst performance ever, even compared to those days, really is saying something. But, I mean, mm. we just seemed incapable of controlling the ball, passing the ball, chasing for the ball... I mean, not one single player really came out with any credit. Apart from the fact we actually scored two fantastic goals, two wonderful strikes. 
I think everybody was a bit gutted towards the end when Torres scored, thinking, oh, that means he's going to play the following week. <laughs> um, it, is, it is getting a bit like that. Um, but, you know, uh, disappointing. We were lucky to get away with a 2-2 draw, uh, but we live to fight again next Sunday. Yeah, I would say, obviously, the replays at uh, the bridge. We're on ridiculously early again, aren't we? It's another midday kickoff or whatever but um yeah from what i saw certainly the first half they were they were just all over us like a rash i mean it was it was your classic cup tie you know the pitch probably whilst you can't you can't use it as an excuse probably wouldn't be our ideal choice of surface to play on but you know both sides have to do so so you um, you, you need to get on with it um but th- yeah just the number of, of misplaced passes and just the there was no coherence to it at all, from what I saw, um, and they were, you know, they were obviously absolutely bang up for it, um, and it showed as well. Um, Jen, Tony Donal, Donal, I know you probably didn't see a great deal of it. Tony, did you manage to? Um, yes, I did. I watched it um, from the uh, relative safety of my own living room. I don't have a pub on each corner of the living room. Um, I did think about putting a can of beer perhaps in each corner, just to kind of, <laughs> kind of get myself in the mood or whatever. Set the atmosphere. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it, yeah, but it, I mean, I think as Mark has said, and, and I have a tendency to agree that, um, that that is possibly the worst I've ever seen uh, a Chelsea side play. There was no fight. I mean, the first 10 minutes, actually, I think, you know, it, you, you thought, oh, this is going to go to plan. We're going to knock the ball around. Um, I don't kind of buy the pitch argument. These, aren't these Brazilians supposed to be brought up playing on the beach, you know, and <laughs> I was saying, yeah, there, was, there was a fair bit of sand, yeah, um, thrown about. But, but I, I, uh, I just think overall, you're right. It was it was gutless, and, and it, without there's that hackneyed cliche that if you had never seen a football match in your life, and you took somebody to it and said one of these is amongst the elite of world football, and the others are at best, you know, a fairly journeyman team, you know, in the lower echelons of the league or of <laughs> professional football, you wouldn't have known which one. You really wouldn't, um, and I, I, I can't even put a finger on what was wrong, except that I don't know whether it's a typical Benitez type team performance. Um, but I, I don't think I've. It's a long time since I've seen any team with a, a lack of fight. And mm. uh, I think uh, actually, in fact, I don't think Mata started that game. Am I right, Mark? Uh, yeah, I think he came on as a sub. Yeah, and, and there was all so he was second half, was he? It was yeah. Marin that started. That's right. Yeah. There was all the Twitter verse were going on the usual, you know, um, uh, r- rational argument. Not, um, you know, we, you know, we matter should start. And I, I just sat there thinking, really, against Brentford, we we can't do <laughs> that one matter against Brentford. And and there's no offence to any Brentford fans and. And everything they put up a really, really spirited show, and and it was banana skin weekend. Let's be fair, there were. I was going to say when, there when, were other when scalps at, out there, you know, that would. When you look at how Liverpool and Spurs yep. did, maybe we we got away quite well actually. Yes, I think I think, I think you know I think we've got to you know put a bit of balance around it, but um, yeah, I, I just think uh, we'll we'll no doubt come onto it later. I think it's it's kind of indicative of a general malaise that we've touched on last time with the you know the average mediocre coach who doesn't quite get it I think so well it's um I, I mean the thing that was was notable it got commented on you know match reports and um, and an awful lot on Twitter and one or two people you know sort of fervently against actually saying they felt fairly sorry for the guy but the the amount of stick I mean Mark you'll be able to sort of 
quantify how bad it was, but the amount of stick that Benitez took when he, when he walked across the pitch at half-time was fairly fearsome by all accounts. That was fearsome. I mean, it is difficult to... Um, it's like Fulham, basically. You go from the middle of the um, halfway line on one side over to the corner to, yeah. on the other, and it's directly in front of the away stand. Um, so he did, he did try to take a slightly wide berth. I, I, he didn't go in an exactly strange line, a straight line, although it was difficult for me to tell from where I was sitting. But I think yeah. there was a slight... He went to the sort of um, roundest curve that he could without going outside the touchline at the far end, mm-hmm. but to try, try and keep maximum distance. And he didn't make any eye contact. Yeah, no, it, the, um, certainly the, sort of the video footage you see, I've seen of it is it's very much sort of, yeah, I always walk this quickly and I, I don't generally look from one side to the other. I just keep <coughs> eyes straight ahead. Um, but, yeah. But, but, but what I don't understand, John, I, you know, and this isn't a I support Benitez or anything like that statement, you look, Ross Turnbull, Ashley Cole, Gary Cahill, John Terry, Branislav Ivanovic, Marco Marin, Frank Lampard, Oscar Ramirez, Ryan Bertrand, Fernando Torres. Yes, uh, now, precisely. You, you pick those 11 players to start a game against right, Simon Moore, Tony Craig, Harley Dean, Shalium Logan, Lee Hodson, Tumani Diaguraga, Adam Forshaw, Jonathan Douglas, Harry Forrester, Clayton Donaldson, and Marcello Trotter. Rodney's brother. You know, yeah. and you can abuse him all you like. Yeah, but exactly. There's something wrong with a football team that cannot sort itself out in a game like that, and a, a football team that has been failing to sort itself out game after game after game. You know, now, I, I, it does come from the top. I, you know, yeah, not, listen, it's, not it's, saying that this is all the players' fault and no one else. But you know, you, you've reached a situation now where if you cannot put those eleven men out on a football field and expect them sixty-nine, according to the Guardian, I, I, I only listened to this on the radio because I was at work. Sixty-nine percent possession, twenty goal attempts. Now, knowing what counts as a goal attempt in statistics. That's probably anything that yeah. comes inside the corner flag and goes over the goal line. Yeah. Mm. So sixty-nine percent, twenty goal attempts, eight on target. Okay, you say? Fine. Brentford thirty-one percent possession, fourteen goal attempts. That tells some sort of story. Mm. How are they getting that many? You know, even if they're poor goal attempts or only half chances, how are they getting through the t- a team of that quality so easily? It just—I was listening to it on the radio, and, and you kept waiting for it to start, you know, becoming better for a bit of control to be got for, for, well, for Brentford to run out of legs, and it just never happened uh, at any point it didn't, in the I mean, whole I think- game. I think it's one of the things, you know, the thing that has always stood out about these games where you come up against lower league opposition in the relatively early stages of the cup. Generally, you know, generally they'll give a good good account of themselves for sort of 50, 60 minutes because they're, they're absolutely hyped up for it. They may score, they may put you under a bit of pressure for a while, but eventually, you know, the premiership fitness and the class begins to tell. It's it's the old story. Um, but it happened, you know, it's, it's happened far less um, f- 
for us and you know obviously when you look at um the the Oldham Liverpool game and um Spurs Leeds there there wasn't such a, a huge golfing class now yeah for whatever reason that is and like you say the, the players obviously have to look at themselves you know Benitez one of the criticisms that he doesn't change things quickly enough I mean to be to be entirely fair to him he took Marin off very very quickly after the first half because he he was really struggling he just wasn't getting anywhere so at least there was a change but it wasn't really you know matter it's 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 a fairly lousy old cliche and it doesn't make a great maybe it doesn't make a great deal of sense but he's one of those players that's no use without the ball he actually needs the service to, to to make things tick, and he just wasn't getting it because we weren't holding on to it. Um, but you know, there's any number of ways you can look at it. It's, yes, it's something. The, it's the something that probably, and I, I'm sure we will come to it every game we talk about this evening. But to my mind, we do not, and we've said it like before. And again, it's not about the skill or application or commitment of the individual players, but the midfielders we currently as it's current, currently constituted, Don't cannot control a football game. No. That, that's, you know, they, they, they can certainly score goals, they can, you know, give teams problems, but they cannot actually fully control a football game when they need to. And, you know, that, that game, from what I heard, sounded exactly that sort of thing. You know, yes... We might struggle to create some chances because it's a dodgy pitch and they're very committed, they're closing the ball down. But it was the complete, you know, 69%. I'm, I'm staggered that we had 69% of possession in that game because listening to it on the radio, we just seemed to be under the cosh half the time, you know, and it, it just seems to be this... It, we, we don't have the, the, the makeup of or the, the mix of players to, to control the midfield in, in football games at the moment, as far as I can tell anyway. Well, I mean, of course, you know, the, the thing for me is, and um, we should obviously, we should take a, a brief pause and congratulate John Obi Mikel, Victor Moses, and the other chap who's on loan, oh, I, who's yes. loan escapes me, um, Kenneth, Amero, um, Kenneth, Kenneth Amero, Amero. Yeah. Um, on their African, African Cup of Nations win. It's Nigeria's first since 1994, I think. Um, Huge congratulations, and Mikel. Frankly, we need him back. We need him back sharpish. Um, whether let's hope he doesn't do a Babiaro then. <laughs> we, we should obviously yes, we should fondly remember the days where um, Babi used to finish his African Nations Cup duty and just wander off for a bit of a holiday afterwards, and um, you know arrive back as the mood took him. Then there's a plus. There's a plus for Mikel in that he's been playing at altitude or, or a level of altitude. Quite a few of their games, apparently. Yeah, it so that that means he'll come back. Unlike unlike what Mr. Wenger said about several of the players who turned up at Arsenal, his high red blood cell count will be down to the altitude rather than rather than you know, any, anything else, any other sort of thing. <laughs> but on the other hand, I always think that you know, for players, okay, he's gone to South Africa, he hasn't gone back home, but you're back with your countrymen with the fans around you, et cetera, et cetera, you're that much closer to home. I always feel that that must have a, you know, because these guys, they, they leave, a lot of them leave Nigeria or Ivory Coast, wherever, quite young, don't they? They come to Europe. Okay, they, they get very well paid, they live a really good life, but there must be something when you get back close to home or get back amongst all your fellow country persons that, you know, must have a vaguely unsettling 
effect on you, I would have thought. I don't know. Uh, you know I think for, it's... for an extended period, it's not like you're going for one international or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's four to six weeks. It, it's a big thing for them, though. You know, it's, mm. there's any number, you know, it's always the classic, ooh, bloody hell, African Nations Cup, it's a pain in the arse, we lose players. It's, well, you know, if you don't, you don't want the bother, then don't sign them. Um, but yeah, the, the number of people I've, I've taken conversations with in the past moaning about it, and it's, well, you know, A, it means a huge amount to them. Um, you know, I remember hearing Essien talk about playing for Ghana, and you know, it's it's obviously just such a massive thing for you know, it feels like almost bigger than the World Cup for them. It's just a, a huge, great thing of huge importance. Um, so yeah, it's 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 probably a very different type of pressure than um, than they will be under at Stanford, you know, at Stanford Bridge or you know wherever we're travelling to, but. Um, yeah, so they should uh, they should theoretically be back, and um, yeah, Mikel we could do with if um, if Benitez deems to play him, which hey, which we can all done. sit back and watch because he didn't choose to play him very much before he no, went. No, he eat. was um, he wasn't wasn't faring him, but he, you know, he just we've we've discussed this before. I think we did last time, but you know that that two bam, your double pivot or whatever you choose to call it in midfield with two players who aren't really suited to that role is just it just doesn't really work. Um, but there we go. So, um, but yeah, as Mark said, two the only two bits of glass we really showed in the um, in the whole game are the the, the two goals that, that rescued us from um, a fairly sizable chunk of embarrassment. Um, Torres, you know, we've discussed the man, the enigma, on many occasions, and we'll do so until such time as he we pray departs. Um, but a, a beautifully taken goal to earn us the replay. Um, Oscars was also a, a classy bit of football. Um, I think we would we probably might have sneaked it because we were denied a, what looked like a, a reasonable shout at the penalty in the last last couple of minutes or so. Um, but I think it probably would have been about the hollowest victory ever had we managed yeah. to do so. It would have been harsh on Brentford. That yeah, one, it, would have been, it would have been pretty grim. Um, and that, that was a vital Torres goal, which is another thing we've always been remarking on, that he doesn't score enough vital goals. A rarity. Fairly vital, really. Yeah, but I think we were talking about vital goals against big teams. <laughs> well, I think that on that occasion we'll take a vital <laughs> goal against any bloody team. But yes, yeah. I take your point, Mark. Take your point. But... Um, so yeah, we 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 should give um, we should give huge credit to uh, to Brentford, um, and we will welcome them back to the bridge on um, on Sunday, which they will presumably be in line for a fairly chunky payday because I think they've taken pretty much their whole allocation. Um, so and isn't Greg Dyke is their chairman, isn't it? One of the people yes. responsible for bringing the money into football with its good and its evil. And uh, yes, he he's is. He's chairman there, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Um. So. Um, Yes, we shall. Um, we shall see how we go. And obviously, we've we've got the we've got the Thursday trip to Prague, um, and then a, a lunchtime game on Sunday, which may not be entirely suitable. But um, we'll have to see how that pans out. Um, we'll shift on to uh, the delights of Reading, um, which Mark, you can, you you were there. You can um, you can you can talk us through that um, enjoyable little um, shindig. Yes, on to Reading. Um... I booked a couple of tickets, um, six rows behind the goal. Uh, but then my son managed to get some corporate seats with some corporate entertaining beforehand. So I sold those existing seats on Twitter, met up with people, 
just before the game, mm-hmm. and then um, went into the corporate crowd for a bit of pre-corporate food, uh, pre-match food, some beer. Uh, but then it was slightly awkward because we were sitting amongst Reading fans, and it's ah. very awkward when you're sitting amongst strangers. And it's very difficult not to stand up and cheer when your own team scores. And I couldn't restrain myself. So as we did score our two goals, I did jump up and um, sat down fairly quickly. But they were all very, very good-natured. Unlike at Chelsea, where if, you st- if you're an away fan standing up down where I sit, you'll not, be dragged out well. by the stewards, um, really to save you being beaten up by the um, Chelsea season ticket holders. Uh, but they were all very good about it and just laughed. Um, Probably because they knew they'd get something. Yeah, I know. And, um, you know, we were 2-0 up. And we were sitting there admiring all the Waitrose signs, feeling quite at home. Um, and um, as, as I mentioned on the blog, if we'd managed to play the ball up the aisles instead of down the channels, I think we'd have been a lot better off. <laughs> but really, we were all over Reading. And we should have been four or five goals clear. Five minutes to go. You still couldn't, you know, you just couldn't imagine us... Um, not winning, and the other games had started earlier that evening, and I think Arsenal and Tottenham are both drawn or something. So yes. I was working at the, temp- the table mentally in my mind, thinking, well, that's good, that's given us an extra bit of cushion, you know, third place is ours for the taking, because the other teams, all they could do was draw, they're just giving it to us on a plate. Then, of course, we give one goal away, and then panic sits, sets in. Mm. And from that point on, they were just hoofing the ball into our box, and we were sitting very, very deep. Their goalkeeper was taking a free kick, not far from the centre circle, and they had four players unmarked just outside the goal, on the sort of um, six-yard line, and uh, they struck the equaliser. And it sort of begged the question, really, why the hell didn't Reading start by hoofing the ball into our box? Yeah, and they could have won eight nil if they'd taken that approach at the beginning, rather than saving it to the last five. Well, there is mm. this is interesting because the um, the, equal, the equaliser of which you speak, the there's there's a couple of stills of, of it, you know, kind of the key moment when the ball's coming in, and there is, there is literally a lot. It was Lef- it was obviously Lefondre who hit it, but there, there is literally he's one of a line of a like you say about three or four players just standing oh, yes. there waiting. Um, and the only person who's actually re- appears to be really anywhere near them is Benny Yoon, who's on the edge of the box. Now, Benny Yoon came on for matter, and again, you know, I'm, we will pretend that Rafa Benitez knows more than anyone else about, uh, talking here about football. But I, I think Matter did have an ankle. He, he's, he, he had got whacked on the ankle shortly before he went off. I did. Right. So I was to be fair, you would think on 86 three. minutes it would be safe to bring anybody on when you're tuning hmm. up against Reading. Technically, yeah. Yep, this is a very good point. Um, but yeah, he sort of stood on the edge of the box and, and kind of raised his arms in, in, in horror when the ball went in, but didn't actually appear to be attempting to um, make any attempt to stop it. Um, yeah, and again, you know, it's 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 another story of, of, of huge amounts of possession and, you know, over 60%, you know, 20 shots, 15 of them theoretically on target. Um, and still... We give two points away. Um, it's it's really difficult to know what to say. I mean, we, we should also we should obviously comment on on Frank Lampard's contribution over this this last this period. Um, without his goals, and it would appear that 
the ongoing saga we will be doing without them next season. Um, without his goals over the last sort of four to six weeks, we would have um, we would have been in a dance like worse state than we are now. Um, it's 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 sort of difficult to know what what to say. It's 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 all the possession. It's sort of becoming slightly Arsenal esque. It's it's all the possession. Can I, can I say one thing, John? No, go ahead. The, the, the goal, the Lafonda's first goal. I, I watched it. You know, I watched it live on, on a stream that night, and and they showed a couple of replays of the goal. And you know, they were sort of focusing on Lafonda's turning down the channel on the ball that was played to him. I forget the name of the guy. Who came on? Who played the ball to the founder? He was, I think, the other sub. And what is stands out and is so noticeable is this guy is five, maybe ten yards outside the the box, to the to the left of, of centre. And he he receives the ball. Can't exactly remember the the, the the sequence, but he receives the ball. And at no point does he get put under any pressure so he's 10 yards outside the penalty box we're looking to close the game out and Frank Lampard starts jogging over and again I'm not having a go at him this, this isn't really his position I don't think I forget where Ramirez was but it was Ramirez's side of the pitch but Ramirez wasn't there Lampard starts to come across but you know with no real alacrity at all and so the guy has plenty of time to pick and it was the quality of the ball as much as Lafondra's, you know, quick turn to lose yeah. Cahill that, that, that got him the, the goal. Now, if there'd been any sort of proper defensive midfield setup, if you've got your four, uh, def- you've got your two central defenders and your fullbacks sort of in a line towards the edge of the, the penalty box, then your defensive midfield has to be set, what, 10, 15 metres ahead of them? But they weren't there. They were yeah. all sitting back on each other. So when a guy who was ready to play the ball got it, he had time to look up, wait, Lafondra to see him, and just to slide the ball down to him. And that, for me, sums up what's gone on, maybe since way back with that Juventus game early in the season, where you just sense that we do not know how to defend from the midfield out. You know, and, it, and it's killing us. It's, and it is. It's, I mean, it's, it's just going on and on every game, and um, it just summed up the the sort of. And you're saying, you know, all they had to do is pump long balls in, and surely when a team is going to pump long balls into you, you close the ball down. But our natural reaction is to sit back off the ball and try and mark some sort of notional. I suppose in their heads they've divided the pitch up into squares or something, yeah, it's, and, it's, and they're, it's, I'm in my notional, you know. I'm in, you know, 3G where I'm supposed to be and he's in 4X where he's supposed to be. No one's looking at the players. No one's hunting the ball down. Surely in the last dying minutes of that game, the one thing they should have been trying to make sure was that they were closing down the ball. I mean, as it was, I think that the, the second goal came from, as you say, a free kick. Yeah. It was given away. But it was just the general, you know, one, we kept giving them the ball back and then two not closing them down so that they had you know all the time in the world to pick out the long punt into the area and of course panic panic ensued and it was depressing to watch because there was an inevitability about the whole thing you know just 
the way having seen the Southampton debacle it, it's just you know th- there is that lack is it leadership I don't know it, it's lack of a certain type of player sitting in the middle of the park driving the midfield on but it's well the um because Benitez was actually questioned, well, you know, why didn't you bring John Terry on? Because you know he was on the bench. You, you're, you're looking to defend a lead, and whatever the whys and wherefores of how you know how we should be able to defend a lead. Um, and Benitez said it was because we would sit too deep. Well, we end up sitting deep anyway. So th- th- there's, th- there's a breakdown of communication there. Presumably, you know, when you, you bring whoever on. You either give them the message, or you, you you get a message out to whoever was captain, you know, whoever you need to talk to, you know, push out, push out. But we were just sitting back and sitting back, like you say. Now, if his if his take on it is, well, I didn't bring another defender on because we'd sit too deep, and he hasn't noticed by some, you know, strange well lack of competence that we were sitting deep anyway. I just. I, but but is this, is this business of, of the central midfield, particularly, I think it happens with central midfield, collapsing back onto, you know, the, the defensive line, that to me seems to be a problem. You look at every team we play, and obviously it's one of the, the cliches of football, you know, the two, the two ranks of four, the two banks, it's actually banks, isn't it? Two banks of four, yes. and there's this established and internationally accepted meterage that these two banks of four have between them and they move up and down the pitch as these two banks of four and the the idea being that you're close enough to each other so that if someone comes into the space behind there isn't a lot of space between the two there's enough to tempt them in but there's not so much that they can turn and play the ball you I, I challenge anyone to come up with a substantial amount of tape that will show Chelsea doing that mm. when they need to do it defensively at any point well, this season. But that's, I have not seen it. No, but that's that's the point. It's it's you know when when you when you have the ball, you make the pitch as big as you possibly can to stretch the play, mm. and when you don't, you, you squeeze the space. That's well, we neither so, press know, the ball. We neither well, press. We're the not ball. doing either. Yeah, we neither press the ball or mark the player or do anything. We, it's an amorphous mess as far as I can see. And I thought it would improve under Benitez, but it hasn't. Maybe, as I say, it's because they haven't got the right personnel playing in the right position. But you can't keep collapsing back into a sort of a, a sort of line of sort of VW sort of shaped line of various defenders and midfielders. And that is invariably what happens when they go under pressure. Yeah. I think the only time I'd noticed that they didn't do that was the first half against Arsenal where we did close everything down and and it worked very successfully and it seemed to rattle them and and, and then yeah. suddenly we've we've re- it's regression to the mean you know we've just gone back to wherever we were before and um someone did someone did some statistical analysis I read it was it um was it on the ESPN it may have been somewhere looked at Frank well, there was one that was about Cahill and the other was about Lampard. I've read two separate articles. Um, basically, what they've shown is that Lampard's general, in a statistical fashion, obviously I, you don't see the raw data, you have to assume that these people are interpreting it properly, but the, the, the main figures for his footballing performance, i.e., you know, passes made, tackles made, you know, this, that and the other thing, all those indicators, all those percentages are going down compared to the previous seasons. 
obviously his goal scoring is staying maintained. Mm. And and the, the the thing that you take away from this is that Lampard is still an important player because he can score goals. He knows where to be. He knows how to score those goals. But playing him where he is in this team at this time, you are not getting what you need from him, if you see what I'm saying. You know, that he cannot play the position that he needs to play in this team successfully. There needs to be someone else doing that. And you have to fit Frank Lampard's goal scoring somewhere else into the team. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. But in terms of... But you can't do without it at the moment. That's the problem. No, no. I'm not... This isn't an anti-Frank Lampard rant. It's, It's again about this whole thing of we have a certain number of players and how do you fit them all together into a unit that works? And at the moment, I don't think... Well, it's patently obvious that we, we don't have them in the right places. And, um, you know, Lampard is doing well in scoring those goals, and they're important goals. But what are we losing elsewhere by having well, to I'd, play him where we're playing him? I'll add, to, I'll add then, the, the one thing I think is undoubtedly going to have an effect... Um, and luckily last season it had a positive effect but the interim coach thing you know it, it doesn't smack of the long term does it, uh, it, it you know and that, that can't be a positive benefit to the team to the players knowing that the bloke who's there A does have, hasn't got any say in their futures at Chelsea is unlikely to be there next year um, and in, it would be the same in any environment. But I've worked in an environment where a senior manager has left. They've put your interim manager in there, and basically, you you just plod along. You plod along until the new person yeah. turns up and sets the direction that everybody sure, wants no. to go. And I, I I think that's going to have played a part in it. I'm not saying it's the entire thing, but no, I, it's just I, another I, little ingredient to shove into the pot. I no, I agree. I, I think the difference. It's always, and I I appreciate what you're saying, but it's always. A di- Difficulty of, sort of trying to find analogies for football because football's a this sort of strange thing that kind of exists outside of the real world. You know, the players know what they've got to do. Yeah, whether they're going to be there or elsewhere next season, the players know what they've got to do. They've got to win games, and they, you know, we've we've got to finish as high up the league as possible, and you know, and try what we can in them in the remainder of the competitions. But you know, again, we've we've touched on this previously about Benitez. There's no. He doesn't seem to have, you know, the ability to put his stamp on a team. Now, whether that's because of the interim nature of it, whether it's because he's been out for too long, and you know, it's true. And it's it's, it's very difficult, you know. Unless it was, you he know, seems curiously passionless to me. I mean, he did at Liverpool as well. Um, I, I remember sort of listening to a Danny Baker rant. Uh, on on his you know, fine Saturday morning show once, where he, he sort of launched into a rant about Benitez and the fact that I think he described him as having a waxy pea-sized heart. He said because you watch this guy, you'll watch Liverpool score a winning goal or come back and get an equalising goal or whatever. And we've seen AVB, see people running up and down the line. And with Benitez, it would be out comes the pen and paper and a kind of yes, that's exactly what I had planned to do. And I, I, I'm sorry, but I, it's a passionate game, and I, you, I can't help thinking that whilst there's a place for a, 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 you know to be aloof and to be cool and whatever, you know, you see passion in Wenger. You know, he's one of the most aloof people in the game. You see it in Alex Ferguson, and I just see a repeat of Benitez with 
us that he was with Liverpool and I've no doubt with Inter Milan I didn't really see much of them under him but this kind of you know <laughs> clipboard management kind of thing do you know what I mean? It's, it's like you could take, um, a, a, it's like a photo fit manager and say, right, go in there and do it's, this job. Yeah, it's tick I mean, that's, stuff and I'm, you know, I just find it all, I, I just, just think, yeah, but you, it, you say, I know what you're saying, and, it's a, it's and a football is different, point. but I just think that it was a, you know, when you're talking about players at this level, okay, we've, we've said it before, there's as much going on in the head as there is on the pitch, okay, um, and there's a fag paper in terms of quality between most of the players in the top sides, okay, um, and something sets that team aside, something sets that whole structure aside to make it a winning environment, and that part of it is key, it is the coach, it's the managers, whatever you call it, and it's just missing. I just think we're going back into the, the, the same territory we've done before, where we've had this. You know, this is yet another season where we should have set up. It would have been nice to have someone, someone come out of the beginning and say, "Our target is fourth because we're going to be transitioning across." That's it. Stop all this bollocks about defending the Champions League and doing the Premiership and winning seven out of seven trophies and all that. Most Chelsea fans would have said, "Okay, I think okay, it's a little bit less than what we'd expect, but you know, we need to do that." Yeah. And instead, we've ended up in a complete wilderness. We're losing games against teams that we shouldn't lose. We're drawing against teams we shouldn't lose. We're two goals up and, you know, the nerves set in. They did palpably yesterday. And uh, I just think that the key to that is is that under any new coach, whether or not it should have been RDM, whether or not it should have been somebody else is almost irrelevant. You would have had someone like Liverpool are doing with Brendan Rodgers. Just accepting that pain and, and knowing that there's a three-year plan. We don't get any of that. And I just think that's that's got to have played a part in it. Um, I, oh, I'll put my soapbox away now, John. No, no, don't no, leave a gap like that. Dead air, mate. To, to address the passion thing, I see what you're saying. I... I personally don't care whether the guy jumps up and down on the on the on the, on the touchline or, or or sits there and, and scribbles on his clipboard. I don't particularly have an issue with that. It's you know it, not everyone has to be Stuart Pearce and, and pumping their fist and, and doing all that. It's not always entirely necessary. Now, hang on, Craftwork <laughs> fired up in the background. <laughs> Um, is everyone still there? Yeah, I, I dropped out there for a short while. It all went a bit strange. I um, see, I see. We're, I think there's a few a few gremlins. We're all, we're all back, we're all back. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the, the passion thing, it's fine, fair enough. But this, but this is precisely the problem is, yes, you know, obviously every team starts, you know, we get, we're out to win every trophy we're in. And as the season goes along, expectations adjust, you go out of competitions, others become more attainable, some become less attainable. You obviously, you know, you try and do your best to win whatever you're in for. Um, the issue, we've, again, I, I know we're in danger of going over old ground, but I think this is just going to be a recurring theme until the end of the season or until such time. Although there's nothing changes. wrong with doing that, John, because you might find the uh, skeleton of Richard III. What did this, this is very true. Some some wag suggested that um, he was he was found holding a ticket for Arsenal's last game when they won a trophy. But uh, <laughs> boom, boom. I, I didn't even know the bloke could drive. <laughs> <laughs> he says, choking slightly. Yes, a hearse, a hearse, my kingdom for a hearse. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Um, so where was I talking rubbish? I've no doubt, but um, but I, th- I think this is, this has always been the, the the problem that I've had with Benitez, and I know a number of other people have, is that there's you get the impression he still doesn't really know what his strongest team is. There's always this sort of tinkering about, and you know we're trying to fit square pegs into round holes, and you know why don't we just set up? But what what, what would you, how would you, given the players we've got available at the moment, assuming Mikel and, and Moses are in the African Cup of Nations, what do we as a, as a, a group of Herberts think the team should, how do we think the team should be constituted, as it were, given the pool of players we have at the moment? And this, again, this isn't a defence of Benitez, but it is a sort of, uh, you know, how do we think, or where do we think it, we could make the team stronger? The it's, personnel can't be changed around very much. No, but. I think I think I mean to, to be to be entirely fair to him, we are that we are lacking in certain areas, and this is another sort of beef about the management, and something that the point that someone raised on Twitter yesterday. In terms of the the long term management of the team, this is not at the manager level, managerial level. It's actually you know the players we're buying on loan, we're releasing now. You know, SEM was bowling around in um, in the rail midfield, looking thoroughly at home yesterday. Um, Jack Cork did an absolutely cracking job um, against Man City and was you know had a very very good game by all accounts. Now. We appreciate that you know Jack Cork is is master of his own destiny, and if he thought I'm not going to get regular football at Chelsea, I'll go somewhere else. But wouldn't it be handy to have a Jack Cork on the bench for a game like yesterday, or you know, for a game like like Reading or whatever? Um, and this is where we're slightly lacking. Um, so yeah, and it's- I mean, but should they be going back to playing? You know, given that we seem to have this problem in midfield, given that we have. An amount of creative players who per, who perhaps don't have defensive strength. How how do how do you address that? Do you go to some sort of four three three formation? But you've still got to accommodate matter. You want to accommodate Lampard. You don't have yeah, it's tricky. Fielder, you know, th- th- this is well, uh, again, you know, I, uh, it shouldn't be tricky for an experienced coach. Sorry, it, but it we, should, sit, we no. can sit here and pontificate uh, uh, as, as as much as we like because we are sitting on the sidelines watching, looking, seeing what we do. We don't see these players on the training ground. We don't know what their attitude is like off the pitch and dressing. I thought, just, I thought it's not but, pontificating, Tony. But no, no, no. But, but I, I just think that right, actually, from analysis is, the, yeah, is how he's a highly paid. <laughs> Manager, allegedly in the top echelon of these, uh, the, the, this strange breed of fucking basket cases that decide they want to <laughs> ruin their lives and everything like that by managing a football team and working for you know basket case owners as well. And and you know I I still look at it and think you know I, I the point I, I take your point that you know what do you do tactically? I'm not a great tactician myself. We were much better with Mikel than we were without him. He'd had a bloody yeah. good season. Uh, and, and 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 a lot of the blog reports that we've done was getting man of the match all close to it, or you know, uh, getting his name up in. Yeah, you but know, he, uh, he was he's been gone. He's been yes. gone, and and they you have to. I mean, as as butchery is the the theme running through the night. Perhaps we should put the you know aforesaid cock on the aforesaid block <laughs> and, and come up with some sort of you know suggest. I, 
I entirely agree with you, Tony. We're not paid. I don't certainly don't have any coaching experience. But you know, whatever he does, as we as he said with Brentford, he doesn't play matter because you know everyone's saying matter's looking tired one minute, and then when he doesn't play him, he should have played matter against you know the the, the lamb yeah. and flat in a friendly on a Wednesday. <laughs> what, where, where is it? It, I, th- I think, apart from the Torres, and you know, we, we started the the season with with sort of half a half a centre forward, and that was about it. It's the midfield, and it's the defensive. You know, you, you can still back the team to score goals, but as soon as as a team leans against the door, it comes open, and mm-hmm. you know, there are there are teams with with less talented personnel than Chelsea have who manage to make a fist. Of doing some defending right. from the forward line back, and, so and they're not doing that's, it. That's where we're struggling. Yeah, and that's, that that's to me, then, then the message isn't getting across. Then is it because you lose well, Mikel? Exactly. Right, fair enough. Okay, so you say we'll put David, Lu- which he did. RDM refused flatly to put David Luiz in any sort of midfield position. And David Luiz played pretty well yesterday in that midfield position. He, he seemed to he fitted in there nicely. He looked like he was reveling in it. Dare I say, you know the fact that he was. So, so know, did he play more of a sort of three-man midfielder? Was it sort of Luis yeah. Ramirez yeah. Lampard? So yeah. he has taken a step yeah. to try. But and the point the, I'm, the point I'm getting at is, so, so we 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 lost Luis through injury. We lost Mikel. So we pretty much down to the Ramirez Lampard double pivot pirouette, whatever you want to call it. Okay, <laughs> Frank Lampard. His goals are valuable, no doubt about that. Okay. Now, one of those could have been told to stay back. If they don't understand that as professional footballers, occasionally, yeah, to help the greater effort of the team out, you're going to have to come out of your comfort zone, not be box to box, but sit in front of the defence and help out and block and play that McAuley role. There's something very, very wrong if they're not listening. Now, I'm pretty sure, I say I'm pretty sure, that had that been, say, Mourinho or Moyes or... Ferguson, who'd said to Lampard or Ramirez, you don't fucking move beyond the halfway line unless we're down, you know, whatever. They would have done that. So why isn't that coming across? And so I go back to... But then I suppose neither Moyes nor Ferguson have been tasked (laughs) with playing attractive football, scoring lots of goals and looking like Barcelona, while also, you know, being reasonably defensive I think Benitez, at a time when you have injuries uh, and players missing right, and I think that's pa- possibly part of the conundrum it, it, it that you be. can't solve isn't it it could be but he seems pretty unsackable at the moment so why doesn't he just do his own thing yeah. I mean if he was been, if he was sackable he'd been sacked on the basis that the fact his results are as shit as Avram Grant's were under the first few games they're certainly worse than what Robbie did um, mm. and you know if you know when you sort of sit there and hear Goulet saying something like you know it's about getting us back and going in the right direction that direction being what downwards I, you know I don't I, so I don't understand that if, if he's interim even if he's wangling for the big job even if Abramovich is still sitting there at the top saying I want to play attractive football he knows at the moment he's pretty unsackable he could just do it you know I just I uh, maybe I'm being well, a bit harsh, and I. I you well, know. it's 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 a question, you know. It, Roman's basically made a bit of a rod for his own back. Now, I'm sure that should should it transpire that he really isn't happy, Benitez would go. But you know where we we've again we've done this before, but where we would go <laughs> with you know 15, 16, or however many games we've got left. You know, you, you're really you're you're left with 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 the lists of mads, bads, and sads, aren't you? The, yeah. You know, just 
the unemployable or the unemployed. Um, Is it Ben so, called it clingers, blingers, and mingers, isn't it? Really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I, a friend was a, a friend of mine was a, BBC, was a BBC news news correspondent, and um, whenever you were cover, covering social issues in um, in the, in the more more troubled parts of the country, that was, that was what it was referred to: mads, bads, and sads. <laughs> Enough said. I feel. Oh, dear. Uh, Mark, Mark, you, you've been awfully quiet. I don't know whether you, you're, you're stewing on on the on the problem that we're um, we're discussing, or um, or you, you, you're thoroughly sick of it. But um, a thought from you. Um, I don't know if I can get too enthusiastic about going over the same old ground over over and over again. <laughs> to be honest, but um, no, I know what you mean. I think um, I might be turning into an Arsenal fan. <laughs> Abject resignation. No, just because yesterday against Wigan, I got to the ground and they were still showing the Tottenham Newcastle game. Yes. And while I was watching that, I, I had this thought that actually I'd quite like Arsenal to win the Champions League, which was worrying. What? Um, so the Tottenham didn't qualify again? Yeah, what I'd like is for us to come third, <laughs> Tottenham to come fourth. And Arsenal to win the Champions League. <laughs> that would be funny if they did that. Oh. Um, and then during the game um, against Wigan, sorry, moving on to Wigan, to be honest, it, it doesn't really matter what the score was. I mean, um, we'll probably end up third or fourth. And I was just sort of sitting there watching and thinking, um, well, I'm just here to enjoy the performance. It's not about winning, it's how we play. And as long as we get into the Champions League and we retain our profitability, I'll be happy. And I realised that within the space of 90 minutes, I turned into a gooner because I want them to win the Champions League and all I care about is profit. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah. and, and so, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm not really too worried about the season. I just, we'll get through it as long as it doesn't turn out too badly. It'll be fine. Um, as long as we play good in moments. I think, you know, we've got some good core players there and, and there's something not quite right about the team at the moment. Mm. Uh, so the balance of the team isn't quite right. But it's not that far off, and, and we've got some fantastic players there. Oh, I mean, right. some of the skills from Oscar yesterday, and in all the games, he, he's picked up a bit. He went through a bit of a lull, but actually, he is looking absolutely fantastic. And at one point yesterday, he got knocked off the ball, and he still managed to recover his balance and beat about two men. He did. He is a fan. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and and Hazard seems to be improving. Um, I, think, yeah, I, lo- I love the way he's so comfortable on the ball. It's like. Which bigger, one are we talking big, about? big hazard, bigger yeah. players than him try and knock him off the ball. And it, whether it's because he's short, stocky, I don't know, but he he seems so glued to the ball. He yeah. really does. So, but yeah, you're right. So I agree with Things it. aren't quite right, but when you look at what we've got, you know, with just one or two additions and maybe a little bit better method, we, we're going to be fantastic again. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not too worried about analysing where it's all going wrong because it's all going to start going right soon. This is a good thought. This is a good. I thought. mean, it, you make the point quite correctly that we've got these new young players in it. People like Oscar, it is their first, you know, carrying a full season in in the Premiership with all the other games as well. I mean, Chelsea have played an enormous number of games already, haven't they? Forty something yeah. games. Yeah. This is, I think, so you, you're going to get that unevenness yeah. until play. You know, I mean, to do as well as they're doing himself and Hazard in their first season. You know, in the Premiership is is, is impressive. Uh, and I, you know, I don't I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm over. I've I've been detached from this for a couple of weeks because of, of work and, and other such things. So I haven't ha- like suffered this 
you know, as desperately as it obvious that, that a lot of people on, on the social media are. You know, I, I, I'm just interested that we seem to have the same problems for the last two or three seasons in, in midfield in terms of how we how we defend. Um, and it seems to be several managers have struggled with it and, and, and not come to a, mm. a conclusion over it. But, um, yeah. you know, I... It's, um, I, I, this I mean, is also the first week that we haven't had a midweek game since I think it's the end of November. It's something mm. like that. We have been playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend for a Yeah, long, but they were international, time. so all, all the players are international, so they all played. Yeah, oh, well, well, yes, yeah. a few did, yeah. Yeah, I guess a few played. But I mean, the, I didn't see the Newcastle game. Um, I did, I, my one um, insight into the whole game was to turn on the radio as I got in the car and they briefly went over from the, I think the rugby finished or something and they went for the last five minutes, which was just time enough for the uh, for the Newcastle third goal to go in, me to yell a, an expletive and switch, switch the radio off. off. Well, yeah. we, have to, we, will, have to re, we have to defer to war Johnny Dyer for that. Exactly, yeah, no, I will, it's, a, it's a seamless link because I was, I was up up in the tune, um, yeah, a, a very fine trip, um, a, a very fine town, um, a very enjoyable weekend. Um, apart from the, the shite football, um, again, it was the first half was misses the wrong word. It, it was okay that we were we were playing some reasonably decent football. Obviously, you know, under a bit of pressure for. For chunks of it, but you expect that. That's you know, you're away from home. That's that's one of those things. Um, but just just no real end product. Um, I can't remember exactly when Bar went off when he, he took uh, the most, even from you know our lofty position way way back up at the top of the stand where you know you're you're looking at dots on the running around on the pitch below. Um, the way that Colicini's foot connected with Barr's face looked extremely painful from even that distance. Was it? An, I haven't seen it. Was it a nailed-on penalty? Um, anywhere else on the pitch, it was a free kick. I, it, it, I think that's. I think that's. It's one of those things where, yes, had it been anywhere else on the pitch, it would have been a free kick. Was also, people are saying it was accidental, but I don't think accidental excuses it from being a foul. I, d- I think no. this is the thing. I d- no, if it's a raised foot, it, it, it was foot it was raised, a foot yeah. raised very very high. Yeah, um, to be entirely fair to to Bar, I d- he, he was probably he was classic goal scorer's instinct. He was sticking his head in where many other players probably wouldn't, um, and a bit of a connection. I d- it's the sort of penalty where at the time. We jumped up and down and said that has to be a penalty. Were it given against you, you'd probably be a bit pissed off because the guy was he was he was going for the ball, albeit the boots high. Yeah, you know, differing opinions. I'd say yes, it probably was, but in in true football fan hypocrisy style, I would have been disappointed if it had been given against us. Um, and and low, you know, I mean, to be entirely fair, Bar wasn't having the best of games. Um, but obviously, the, the moment you bring Torres on, it, it's almost, albeit that he has played a little better in a couple of the games recently. It's it, you know you're almost losing a man. Um, and you know the goal, their goal came just at the wrong time. Um, it was Gutierrez, I think, pretty much lost lost Terry fairly effectively. Um, 
they got him in front. Um, but we came out in the second half and actually looked pretty decent and, you know, got the two goals and two fantastic goals as well. Um, and actually looked like we, we really could sort of kick on and, and do something from there, but it, it, it all sort of tailed off. Um, they started to come back into it. Um, and Sissoko looks one hell of a player, especially when, you know, given they paid Tuppence Aintley for, for him. Um, you know, he, he did extremely well against um, against Frank and Co in midfield. Um, absolutely stripped Ashley Cole for their, their equaliser. Um, and the third goal was a cracker. And, you know, for 1.8 million or whatever they paid for him, that was... Um, that was money well spent. Um, but yeah, it, it just, you know, we, we got ourselves in front, but it, again, at no point did it feel great. We're in front, we can kick on from here, albeit that we look like we might do for a few minutes. And then it just sort of settled back into a, you know, a fairly ineffective pattern of play and they started to get on top and, you know, ultimately had um, had the difference in, um, in Sissoko, had a fantastic game. But yeah, what can you say? It's, um, you know, they obviously, as, as every team that's, that's coming up against us now, you know, it's, it's we've beaten the European champions and they obviously had a, a real time. And um, as the cabbie said to us, you know, the, the tune of one and it was payday yesterday, so you, you could have a cracking night out. Um, what, what else do you say? It, it, it was just a, another game where, you know, we couldn't, we can't hang on to a lead. We looked fairly shapeless, a bit listless. You put us under pressure and um, and squeeze in the right place and it all folds up. Um, do you think there's something with the, the end of the game? Do you think it's a, do you think it's a possibility? Is it our fitness, Johnny, or whatever? Well, what, that's, we yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Whether it's, you know. it's just because we're lacking him. Because the other, you know, the other thing, you know, we, one of the, the many things that, that comes up on a regular basis here and elsewhere is, is Benitez's approach to substitutions. Now, well, he, took, he obviously he had to take Barr off and put Torres on, but he didn't make a change other than that. Which yeah. I, 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 I don't recall what he said post match about it, but you know you had there were other options. We lost. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he was. Um, but you know you look at the options the options he had on the bench: um, Turnbull, Ferreira, Aspidiqueta, Marin, Benayoun. Ake and well, Torres obviously came on. It's there's there's not a huge amount there that's you know Marin should technically be able to change the game. Benayou may be decent for a, a couple of passes here or there, but there's not a huge amount of option. Um, obviously, his out from a defending the um, you know you've always got the solidity of Ferreira, you know, and you sort of squeeze in. Uh, a, a, another back or whatever if you're holding out to you know try and see the last 10-15 minutes of a game out and I think uh, you know, we, we're obviously going to touch on Wigan but you know currently my favourite player at the moment and certainly for me man of the match yesterday was, was Dave Azpilicueta I thought he was yeah, absolutely looks like he's going to be one of the best bargains we've ever got I just think that yesterday he was frankly man of the match for me by a country mile superb game yeah, yesterday um, but you know, so I, I, to me, I was worried because there was always this question about when Benitez came in, that, um, uh, and we've had it before, didn't we? We had it post Scolari, where there was this question mark around the training regime and were the players as fit as they could be. And Benitez came in, and I think he sort of 
brought in a special coach, didn't he, specifically to get Torres' speed back and various <laughs> things like that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's... Fucking magician or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wondered whether, it, you know, I mean, certainly yesterday, I didn't see any sign yesterday of any fatigue going uh, coming in towards the end of the game, possibly because, and, and that's with, you know, the midweek shenanigans of, uh, of, of internationals or whatever. Um and I certainly didn't get that impression. It could be just because we were playing Wigan, who are you could argue are you know less good a team or whatever. Didn't make us work so hard. Um, they they didn't exactly give it to us on a plate either. You know, thinking about it. But I did wonder whether or not with the the collapse at Reading, which I I, I lost the last ten minutes of that feed, so I didn't actually see Reading's two <laughs> goals. Um, and then you uh, lucky, lucky man. Yes, but I did I I did actually tweet. I put Doom Claxon. Um, in capital letters, we are shit at holding 2-0 leads without any intention that in the last 10 minutes against Reading, who hadn't had a shot on goal, well, it's, we would actually go and do that, you know. But it's, 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 the, it's, the, Danny, it's the Danny Baker yes. thing, isn't it? 2-0, stand up and say, absolutely nothing can go wrong right. now. Can I make a confession now? <laughs> yeah, go on, I you did said that. that. Yesterday. <laughs> I did it yesterday. Bastard. I was in a bit of a playful mood, and within... 30 seconds of standing up and getting derided by the people who know me around me they'd scored <laughs> I, hope, I hope you took several firm punches to <laughs> I, I, I took a lot of shut the fuck up next time they all laugh like you know but um, you know but uh, yeah but I just wondered it was just, a, just a, you know, it's, it's a grabbing at straws theory that no, no, we are I, giving I, away I, at the end of the game is because we're tired or because the players aren't as fit or we've played too many games or it's concentration you know. It's I guess it's any number of Thing. And it's confidence, you know. If, if you know, obviously there's there's not many of them left. But you know, if the likes of Frank were in a, in a Mourinho team, all right, yeah, he's got a few more more years on the clock now. But in, in a Mourinho team, and they were two 0 up, you, you know that he would he'd be confident of closing it out. I think we get two 0 up now, and it is that yeah. kind of moment, and um, it all gets a bit squeaky. But yeah. I, I think Mark, it, Mark, you were at the Reading game, did you? Get any sense of you were actually there, weren't you? Did you get any sense of fatigue from the team in the last ten minutes or so? No. Hmm. It was just incompetence. Looking for reasons of tiredness, but we, you know, I think they switched off. Yeah, general shyness, but um, but yeah, I th- there's there's obviously any number of things it could be, um, and. You know, whatever one thinks of him, it's ultimately the manager's job. You know, if he's sitting there with a clipboard writing all these things down, you know, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be noticing, you know, who's who's switching off for 85 minutes, who hasn't quite got the legs for it. You know, it's all of those things that you need to think about. Now, appreciably, yeah, if he hasn't got a lot of options on the bench, then it's difficult, but... You know, surely as a manager, you should be picking up on these things and saying, right, bang, I mean... I'm on that. We need to, you know, we we need to deal with it. Um, so yeah, so that that was Newcastle. Uh, yeah, a very pleasant weekend. Highly recommended for anyone who hasn't um, taken the trip up there to do so next season. Um, Where did you stay? Uh, we stayed in uh, the Copthorn, which is just down on the on the quay side, um, in between the in between the bridges. Um, yeah, I know. Yep. And yeah, bowled around, and you know, we went to the Newcastle Arms and the Bodega, I think it is. You know, all of the favoured haunts, and um, and a good crowd. You know, they were um, they were a decent bunch. You know, the Newcastle Arms is kind of you know slap bang on top of St James's Park, and um, in there at half past one, a good chat with the locals, and um, 
all absolutely fine, which is it's not exactly the sort of thing you could do in um, whatever the nearest pub to Anfield is. But uh, <laughs> they were, um, yeah, a good bunch and, um, and, and highly recommended as a, a bit of an away day should you fancy it. Um, Wigan. Now, 4-1 at the old cliche, the scoreline probably flatters us somewhat. Um, because, yeah, you know, Tony, like you say, we, we were 2-0 up and um, everyone thought, Oh dear! It's like it's like the witching hour in horror films. It, you know the, the clock sort of ticks towards midnight, and um, you know that something horrible is going to go wrong. And um, lo and behold, it nearly did. But God bless him. Um, Frank got within um, four of Bobby Tamling's record and um, and made it three one. And then Marco Marin scored a header. You know, he managed to sort of get himself up above the blades of grass that he was presumably just about seeing over and. Um, <laughs> Bear in mind that he's about the same height as me. <laughs> I mean, you said about Demba Barb sticking his head in where most people wouldn't dare. Mm. But to be fair to Marin, he has to do that every time he plays. <laughs> his head's around everybody else's feet. <laughs> he is unquestionably an umpalumpa. Obviously, no disrespect, meant Tony. You just call me an umpalumpa, but you know, you won't be the first and you won't be the last. So I shall, I shall brush over that. Was, that. I'll, I'll take it in the spirit it was intended. You know, quite, quite. Um, so yeah, four one. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully, and I, I say this with with a due sense of dread hopefully that will uh, will have boosted the confidence a little bit albeit it wasn't the most inspiring performance um with moses and uh, moses and mikhail due back um louise is fit again but when are they due back um i guess i doubt they'd either of them would play on thursday but i guess they're both going to be in contention for, for the cup game on um mm. sunday whenever it is um it just gives a few more options and it you know, it gives a proper holding midfielder. You know, it gives Benitez that option whether he chooses to or not is anyone's guess, but um at least it it just opens up um the possibilities a little more which may help us. Um but any listen, anyone who was there, throw your thoughts in on the game. I saw bits and pieces of it while I was faffing about doing other stuff, but um your thoughts, Tony, and whoever else? Um, well, yeah, I'll kick off. I mean, I, I, I've got there, and there was some. Um, I was like Mark. I was sort of sat in the uh, in the club watching the Spurs New um, Spurs Newcastle game, and um, yeah. uh, there was a sort of a palpable gallows humour where we were, you know, and um, uh, you know, we we were almost at the point of doing our give us an R trying to see whether or not we just to gauge the feeling but we'd already probably, probably got a, a, a decent um, idea of what that was going to be but the, the actual you know I mean people have gone on about the, the poison atmosphere at Stanford Bridge and I'd say that, you know, there is no atmosphere it's, it's not poison it's just it's, it's a dinner party and it was no different yesterday um, I, I did notice the 16th minute rubbish that I you know um, because obviously he's either dead or so I've missed out on something for, for RDM was there um, there was a lot more of the uh, uh, well, the bile that was thrown I've, no, I've not known it like that at home for, for a while anyway you know against Benitez so and that was yeah, very because that died that down it wasn't the, the yeah. Di Matteo thing wasn't as palpable at um, at Newcastle yeah, it, it took was, a while yes, to get going. It took about twenty seconds to get going, it but then it was a bit louder. Um, yeah. yeah, but actually, I was thinking yesterday that if if Opta did an index of decibels per head, I would say the first half would be one of the quietest games ever. Yeah, really? 
Yeah. yeah. It was better in the second half, but it was unbelievably quiet in the first yeah. half. Um, and I, I, think, I could almost see myself think. Yeah, I think the th- part of the thing is, is that obviously... You know what? What happens on the pitch generates a certain amount of atmosphere, and you know the Wigan are not a dirty team; they don't keep people up in the air. And we, you know, so it was all quite, you know, quite pleasant. You know, it was a reasonable game, but there was nothing that really set the pulse racing. Uh, you know, it was good to see Hazard Hazard back. Uh, he certainly looked good, um, and you know, Dave was quietly toiling away and, and looking very, very impressive. I thought Peter Check looked distinctly out of sorts yesterday. Um, yeah. He seemed, yeah, he didn't seem to be bossing his area. He seemed to be either, la- I mean, you know, I know Hazard lost the ball and, you know, we got caught with a high line of defence for their for the goal they got back, um, you know, with the over-the-top ball and Cahill and everybody being sort of like, you know, quite a long way out. Um, but Czech's decision-making on that I thought was shocking because he had defenders bearing backs. As Maloney would have still had a fair amount of work to do to cut inside and, and get something in. And then sort of right. Czech ended up wandering out there and... I don't know. I just thought, you know, the impression I got was he he looked out. So at one point he had his sort of palms pointed outwards. He 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 cleared the ball pretty, you know, a pretty dire clearance. I think that had just gone straight out of play or something like that. He sort of held his, if you can imagine, his hands down to his side with his big gloves out. And I, all I could think of is he's, he looked like Wallace out of Wallace and Gromit. A big pair of hands and this kind of <laughs> stupid-looking face. So I just thought he was a little bit. He's got a broken finger, maybe that was it. I don't know, but uh, you know, overall, I thought it was a decent performance yesterday. And we, we we've been traditionally we've been quite good at that. When we've beaten teams by four goals to one, four nil, five nil, we've we've always been quite good at a, a kind of flurry of late goals. You know, that, that was where where their fitness has dropped off, where ours has suddenly yeah, well, we've actually and, broken, and broken them um, down and yeah. I think I watched match of the day last night. It was the first time in absolute ages I've watched it. <laughs> it's it's one, <laughs> one of those periods where the most talent again after several weeks. <laughs> so yeah, it's a strange experience, but they they sort of summed it up. And you, you know, Gary Lineker said it on there last night. You know, if if, if you looked at Lampard's recent form uh, and you didn't know who he was, and he was oh he was you know working for a contract or an apprenticeship or whatever, you'd be sitting again. Christ, get this boy on! He's he's pretty We're good, you know. Up, yeah. and, uh, um, so there was a there was a lot of uh, singing around that. Um, I thought Louise looked comfortable in midfield. He looked like he was revelling in that. Uh, yeah, that I, I think um, you know this, this is, has been much discussed. If he's if he's not having to do too much defensively, and you know they're not putting a you know it's, it's not a team that are putting a huge amount of pressure on you, yeah. he's he's cracking. I think you know it, it, he's ideal for that position. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah, I'll tell you what else seems a bit odd though to me. I don't know what else thinks about this as well. I think it was about ten minutes ago, um, Cahill who had run himself into the ground and particularly had one particular long John Terry like run from one end of the pitch to the other, then lost the ball and still chased back. I think he's tw- he's tweaked a muscle or something because he, he, he'd been on the yeah. floor before that, whatever. Um, and so he goes off and uh, Louise slips back into the centre-back centre position and he brings on Ben Ayoun. And uh, I'm thinking, well, number one, I wasn't particularly aware that Ben Ayoun was even back in the squad. Um, and then I'm wondering what he's done uh, to take preference over... I know Maluda has never been my favourite player or whatever, but... Uh, you know what has Maluda done? That is so bad. Well, M- Maluda is you know is now officially persona non grata. He is, yeah, it just know. seems very odd. But but I mean Ben Ayoun went off to Arsenal and basically 
ripped us, ripped the piss out of us, didn't he? And sort of slagged us off and said, "Oh, you know, what a horrible club we were." And I just, I don't know. It's all very odd, anyway. But yeah, I suppose it's yeah, I, with everything know, that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, we should. But actually, we will give uh, that mention to Dave again. Give... He was absolutely fantastic yesterday. I absolutely thought he was he was stand out brilliant yesterday. He was very good. We're losing you slightly. I'm hoping it's not on the recording, which it shouldn't be. Um, be. Yeah, no, he had a good game, and I think you know we should actually give. Torres a bit of credit he probably had one of his better games for us yesterday uh, yeah but look that chance he missed at the end mm. it just you know all he had to do was slide it past the keeper to make like, it a nice 5-1 victory and he managed to um, put it too close to the keeper yeah he's not clinical for 50 million quid oh no you, you should be the most clinical of clinical no so, I mean certainly not but um, I, you know he should, he should have put it away like Gareth Barry did um, his, his goal yesterday <laughs> which was beautifully taken I thought but um, it's um, yeah. He should, he should be he should be appearing in the adverts for Laboratoire Garnier wearing a very white coat, shouldn't he? <laughs> that sort of level of clinical. That level of clinical, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, clinical director of a hospital somewhere, kind of clinical. Um, I, yeah, I. You know, we, we, we're off to um, we're off to Prague on Thursday, and um, we have Brentford again yeah. on um, on Sunday. Now, uh, technically, you know. Not tricky games. I'm not entirely sure how Prague are doing at the moment. But we've um, we've been okay against them in the past. Um, who knows what to think? You know. I, can I can I just say that um, I, I am in what has been sort of weeks of almost doom and gloom. Um, I am grateful to to the boys for yesterday's win because um, it has to be said that apart from their fine upstanding three points. Uh, in terms of a sporting and home appliance weekend, if this has been an unmitigated disaster for me personally. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I, missed, I missed the Wigan game because I was wrestling with a dying washing machine for most of Saturday afternoon to no great avail. And um, in, in terms of my general sporting outlook on the world... Um, the Canadians played the Toronto Maple Leafs and lost 6-0, which is, you know, unheard of. They haven't lost like that for 16 years to the team down the road who are complete and utter shite. And then, um, so that was last night. Um, and then Ireland managed to lose to England today at rugby in a sort of mud scrap fest of boring nonsense. Um, Kerry managed to lose to Dublin in the Gaelic Football National League. And so it's just been one depressing sporting event after another for me. So it, it has to be said that uh, the little... Well, no, it's more than a little chink of light. It's a big, shining, <laughs> ochre sun of, of loveliness, which has shone out since yesterday afternoon. And, um, you know... Uh, All good. Yeah, and you're obviously... Where would we be without a partnership update? Uh, we, of course, have now purchased the new washing machine from none other than the partnership this very afternoon. Oh, well done. So what, we, what, uh, what did you go for? We went, we went for one of John Lewis's own because oh, they're, okay. made, they're, they're rebadged AEG products. So a bit like Roman, you know, we're looking towards Germany for... For a bit of validity in the in the coming years. I see. By the uh, way, has anyone seen Kevin De Bruyne? Apparently, he had a brilliant game yesterday. I'm yeah, I am. The uh, 
Bundesliga highlights uh, tomorrow night to see. Yeah, I mean, I have um, a, a, a mate who, uh, who I was up in Newcastle with, um, a Dutch guy who is um, he's a fan of the podding shed um, and knows his football as well, and, and he raves about De Bruyne as he is. Apparently he's, he's playing a more central midfield role now, I was reading somewhere. So. Yeah. I mean, he, he he puts him up there with with being as you know obviously not as accomplished yet, but as gifted as as the likes of Batter. You know, really really raves about him and says you know we we need to get this guy back. And he he appears to be having a very good season in, in Bremen as well. So I think it, it's like Mark says we could, we could all be miserable and pessimistic about it, but yeah, I think if it, if hopefully if it's all handled right and we do get someone in charge that knows what they're doing, the future actually looks reasonably bright in terms of the players we have mm. um, and the potential is just that um, well, you, there's always that Chelsea propensity to fuck things up isn't there yeah. but you know hopefully not there's 27 players we've got out on loan I believe yeah no, something vast um, and there have been some interesting um, articles um, you know sort of Chelsea youth and Esk Weston and these sort of people who follow the youth and the academy set up very closely. Mm. They, they've all been saying that um, one thing that's very noticeable is how good the academy system now is. You know, that sort of last yeah. 10 years of hard work uh, by a number of people have paid off and that it, that it actually stands in stark contrast to the sort of almost shambolic shilly-shallying that goes on with the, the first team. That there's... it's there has been a sort of plan there's and a, a plan a that's been stuck to and you know at all youth levels now they've got teams who are playing very well and, and you know full of good prospects whether these filter through to the first team of course is a, another thing altogether we've spoken many times about the fact that no manager feels secure enough to give youngsters a run out because the pressure is always there to win but is your problem isn't it but it, it's um yeah, there, there, there's, I've read uh, several things by, by these sort of guys who, who keep a, a close eye on it all, uh, and it, it does seem very encouraging that you know, as a club, Chelsea are technically moving in the right direction. Well, I think it, I think that, but you know, and, and that goes back to Mark's um, comments earlier on, which were you know, bristling with positivity and uh, and everything like that, and and it's, it's easy for even kind of you know, gnarled old fans like me who've you've been through so much or whatever to, to get into a position where you know even I am falling into the daft expectations of um, uh, of the of, if you like the new nouveau fan who comes in and thinks every, you know unless you win 6-0 yeah there's some sort of desperate bad um, thing it's, it's not quite right you know things have gone terribly yeah, wrong or whatever. and I, I, you know I, I, I find myself sometimes having to rein myself in it's you know um it is it is sort of strange. It's it just feels like one day we we are a fag paper away from being kind of masters of the universe in that sense, and uh, you know that that's the way it feels. And that's my Hawkwind reference for a bloke <laughs> shed up shed up a man who's just actually tweeted me and said, "Can you get a Hawkwind reference in?" There you go. Can, can I just can I just say, Tony, that while, while you can't do anything about being old. <laughs> <laughs> You can you can certainly do something about being gnarled, and um, I think if you did sort of visit Laboratoire Garnier and discussed you know some of their products with was it pentipeptides and things like that, I'm sure they could help that generally gnarled look you have about you and, and soften the skin out. Perhaps have a word with um, 
with someone slightly more clinical than than yes, Fernando. Yeah, I, I, you know. I, yeah. so, just a bit of you know friendly uh, advice there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, we'll have it. We'll, we'll we'll set a little a little poser in amongst um, in amongst us just to keep the interest going. Um, in, in, a, in a season that is not pro- not proving thrilling, um, Frank is four goals away from equaling Bobby Tambling's record, and um, and five away from from breaking it and hitting the the, the magic two o three. I like the maths there, John. I like the maths. It's all good. That's it's impressive. All good. I've got it got it here in front of me, just in case. Um, let's 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 just have each have a pitch on when he will equal the record and when he will break it and I'll give you the games coming up to the end of March because I'm kind of thinking he'll do it by then if he doesn't then well hey we've we've not we've not managed him um Sparta Prague away Brentford at home Sparta Prague at home Manchester City away then West Brom at home Fulham away West Ham at home and Southampton, Southampton away. That would be the one to do it, wouldn't it? That, that, would, that, would, that would be particularly enjoyable. I would, that, I, that was my immediate thought, was let me pitch that one in. as My my money would go on that one, because boy, oh yeah. boy, would that be something. Particularly to equal it in the first half, and then <laughs> Break beat it, it in the second half. It would be two digits towards the, uh, towards the, the fans at the shed end in the corner, wouldn't it? No, no, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, I reckon, I reckon he might equal it, equal it at West Brom at home, and then um, beat it West Ham, West Ham at home. No, that'd be my my personal I mean, I, pick. If they did, by any sort of chance, you know, as they sometimes do, if they got well on top of Brentford and started to really hammer them, he, you know, he might get a couple in that game, and could then do, could that, do. That, that, Bring it on a bit more quickly, but um, you know, I don't want to uh, don't want to put the bock on it. So, yeah, indeed, indeed, it's a remarkable achievement, whichever way you look at it. Especially as he's, you know, a midfielder, not an out-and-out striker. But um, you'd think, well, we've got about fourteen games, haven't we, left in the Premiership? I think, and um, yeah, with any luck, there's three or four. Um, FA Cup, if you know, if we get to a decent stage of that, and then we've got because we've potentially got Middlesbrough if we beat. Uh, we have got potentially Middlesbrough. We will have Middlesbrough if we beat Brentford. Um, but then the you know the because the, the, this isn't a knockout stage of the uh, Europa League, is it? Is it? Or yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's round of round of oh, is it round of thirty-two or something ridiculous? Oh, like right, that. okay. I wasn't sure if there was a second, you know, I mean, it's a long time since Actually, I Actually, I have any. to confess that the home leg, I haven't bothered applying for my season ticket seats. Uh, I, have I, just, I can't generate the um, interest and excitement, so, um, and my son plays football on Thursday nights, uh, so right. we're, we're going to boycott it. But if we get through, I am going to go to Amsterdam for the next round. Mm. Well, this, yeah, this is the thing, if we get through and um, Ajax beat, um, is it Stoy Bucharest they're playing? Then it's um, it's it's Thursday night in Amsterdam, which which leads on to potentially quite a nice long weekend, I would say. Yeah. If 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 available and um, possible to clear with the wife and so on, it would be. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, I like good. Amsterdam. Yeah. Fond, fond memories of it. I, I, I don't think we should go there personally. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, as I, I've sort of vaguely been promising to do for a number of months now. Um, Rick Lanfield, I actually I met up in um, in Newcastle for the first time, and a thoroughly good chap he is, and um, 
and was, was, was very keen on the city as well because he spent some time up there. Um, he's, he kindly sent me a copy of the Chelsea FC Miscellany um, sometime around about before Christmas. So I, I really have been quite slack in uh, doing it. But I said we do a competition and we give it a good plug. And it is, it's fascinating stuff, you know. Think of a Chelsea fact, and frankly, it is in there from um, you know way back in 1905 up to um, up to present day. Um, so, I'm going to throw a question in. What I suggest, I've not actually worked out how we're going to sort of run this, but I, Nick, Nick will cope somehow or other. If what you do, I'm going to ask a question. Leave the answer on the link to the podcast which will be up um, at some point tomorrow there'll be there's a comment section if you leave your answer in there and you know nick will work out a way of identifying who you are and contacting you and so on because he's clever like that um in 1971 chelsea went to el salvador and trinidad on a on a sort of a post or post-trip pre-season tour um they played el salvador and they played trinidad and they played an english club who was it there you go Someone say something. The suspense is killing me. Uh, I <laughs> don't answer the question, obviously. Even if you no, don't. no, no. But even, um, at my, even at my age, I have no idea. No, it's, no idea. Well, it's, that's a tricky one. That it's it's a tricky one. But I, I suspect something that that's you know you, you be, you'll be able to find with a bit of digging. Or indeed, if your friend has got a copy of the Chelsea Miscellany and you're gazing longing at it, ask him to borrow it, and you could win yourself a copy. So that doesn't sound feasible. I mean, I thought all pre-season trips in those days were Wales. <laughs> that's, that's the reason I picked it out while I was, was looking at it earlier. I thought, bloody hell, it's a bit bizarre. Um, but yeah, that was sort of a regular one against old Kingstonians, didn't we? Wasn't our regular? Was that one of our regular pre-season games? Or was it? Was it Wickham Wanderers? It was something like that, wasn't it? Always the same one. We used to go. Well, the thing is, this this is this is what surprised me. Uh, just having a quick look at it, you know, 1946 we went to Denmark and Switzerland. 1951 we went to Algeria. Um, 1958 Bulgaria, 1961 Israel, 1964 we did uh, like looked like oh, about three weeks with a game virtually every other day in Barbados, Trinidad, Jamaica, Haiti. It's a bit like when you get to, when you grow when you get to a certain age and realise that your parents had sex, isn't it? You just realise <laughs> oh, back in the old days they used to go used to leave the country, you know, they used to go play these teams around the world. They got on the old steam packet at Tilbury in six months later. <laughs> Obviously, I, I'm not an expert in setting quizzes, so I hope that isn't so ridiculously difficult that no one's going to get the answer right. But, um, well, I think in the, in the days of, in the world of Google and all that sort of thing, it's probably difficult to set a question that people won't get to straight away. But, um, you know, we'll um, see. So there we go. So, yeah, we have um, Sparta Prague away on Thursday, which is Valentine's Day. Um, just as a you know, helpful reminder to all listeners out there, should you need to remember that kind of thing. Um then Brentford on Sunday and then Sparta Prague the Thursday after I expect we will convene sometime after the City game that weekend um, and talk again um, anyone anything else they want to throw into the mix I've got three things go ahead one is um, has anyone read this book by Walter Otten the, the Red Hand Gang maybe one of us should have a read of it one day and I haven't I do, think. I, I follow he's not someone I know at all it's just I've seen it mentioned and him being I've read a few of the things he's written you know and, and mm. sort of got quite a, a noticeable style and might be worth uh, getting hold of but I haven't been down to the ground I, I believe you can probably buy it on the 
the, uh, the, the CFC UK store. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I do, I do intend to actually. It's um, it's it's available on Amazon and all kinds of um, you know electronic downloading type places. Um, so I may have um, a punt on. Yeah, we we'll also maybe have a look at that and have a you know, a little literary corner one. It's uh, it's available on um, on Amazon actually for a very reasonable three pound ninety on the Kindle version anyway. Bargain. Well, as he is a Chelsea boy, we'll give it a, we'll give it a plug on here, and who knows, yeah. we may we may even get a free copy. Absolutely. <laughs> the second thing is the second thing is, um, and something we all ought to start thinking about more deeply, uh, given the Fuentes trial that's currently going on in in Spain, and there was some reference to it earlier about you know people running out of steam around the 60th minute, 70th minute. Mm-hmm. What constitutes running out of steam in modern football? How do you know, you know, are, if you, are your players unfit because they're running out of steam or are they not doped? And do we think Chelsea as a team in the last 10 or 15 years have been doped either knowingly or not knowingly? Well, there, was, there are certainly there, there there's certainly a, evidence that major teams in Europe have been involved, and the old thing of cyclists do it because they ride hundreds of miles. You don't have EPO and EPO micro dosing and all that sort of thing in football because you don't need it. Oh yes, you do. And I was listening to the um, to the Australian Open tennis the other night and or the other morning rather, and they were talking about the performance levels being achieved in modern men's tennis and these long five-setters. And, and at no point did anyone make any reference to the fact that, hmm, this is interesting. Everyone understands the difference now in cycling performance uh, in the 90s to what it was in, say, the 70s, and this massive upsurge, which was all down to sort of EPO and blood doping on. No one's looking at football, tennis, and saying, hmm, the box-to-box, you know, box-to-box players used to be standout players because there were very few of them. There's lots of them now. You know, I think it's yes, worth I mean, thinking about. It's a valid point. I have, I have a, a mate who... Um Who's who has dealt? He is a, a lawyer who has who's dealt in various different sporting cases, and um, and he, he has offered on on many an occasion the question as to how come they are all so much fitter these days? How come there are so you know so many late goals and, and so on? it's yeah, it's a good question. I think for, for, for has had something like about three hundred clients. Was it three to four hundred? Sixty of them. Or sixty to eighty of them were known, named. So that leaves an awful lot of people few, who weren't, and those names okay. have never Question. come. It's worth thinking about. Well, I mean, the Aussie, the Aussies came out. There was the report in Australia the other day, which um, they said, you know, will basically change Australian sport forever because it's completely. Um, yeah, it's 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 just it's it's blown everything wide open. You know, yeah, they've they've sort of tacitly admitted that yes there is a problem and um, you know there's there's going to be an awful lot of people that will um, that will be affected by it um, so yeah we'll be remaining to be seen. I've always I've always wondered about I've always gone with Omid Jalili on this one and thought wouldn't you just have an Olympic Games and a set of sport where people can dope I mean I, I'd pay good money to watch someone do the 100 metres in three and a half seconds wouldn't you <laughs> I mean, you can still have your clean side of it. You can have the clean one, and you can have the the, the dirty one. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, they mm-hmm. want to take that risk. It's entirely down to them. But um, yeah, that'd be great. You know, footballers who can jump sort of like ten or eleven feet in the air to meet a corner, yeah, increase the size of the goals, and yeah, you know, just, uh, it's, it would be something interesting. And golf's the another one. Golf's another yeah. one that they've, they've they've never really gone into, right? And um, you do wonder how. I mean, I think John Daly. Uh, I think he may well have uh, suffered some sort of sanction once um, because he admitted smoking marijuana, which if anybody who's ever smoked marijuana will know that it's the least performance in heart. He's a big fat bastard, so it suited him down to the ground. You know, he wanted to, you know. (laughs) But I can't imagine, as a golfer, going on the golf course, having had a joint and thinking... Wow, <laughs> man, this is great! Just smack the ball. Yeah, just it's groovy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I suspect there is um, there is an awful lot more to come out on the subject, and um, we will we will we will watch with them. Um, the it is the gambling is, side. Given it, that we it? had the conversation uh, uh, the previous shed about you know football eating itself over the ball boy kicking and so on, mm. uh, I was standing there this morning at uh, about ten o'clock. Uh, in Markville Park, in the coldest corner, which is colder because it's down by the canal, and somehow that seems to make it wetter and colder. Um, standing there watching the uh, under tens that the boy plays for warming up, if that can be a word that used <laughs> people try to fight off hypothermia, the ball sticking to the mud so that even the strongest of them was having trouble booting it any sort of distance. And my sister came around because she wanted to come down and watch it. She'd been a, she's a Spurs fan. She was at Tottenham yesterday. We both looked at each other and sort of said, this is proper football. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, it, and they lost 4-1. <laughs> so, oh Marvellous. That's it, yes. Excellent. Um, in I, which I, case, have, I have absolutely nothing to add. Marvellous. In which case, we will... Um, we will bid each other farewell and um, if you have any comments and indeed your answer to our incredibly tricky quiz question um, leave them on www.chelseafcblog.com um, and um, we will convene again in a couple of weeks you know we'll, we'll, as, as has been pointed out on the blog today we aren't um, we aren't three times a week men anymore so to speak um, and um, but you know we hope the quantity, the, the quality is better than the quantity. And I do apologise for not commenting on people's articles and stuff recently. I, I just really have been doing mad ghosts and all sorts of things at work, and I just fallen by the wayside. But I will. Uh, Quite we, all right. we, we, the, the last article. I'm not, I'm not ignoring you all. No, the mm. last article that's up there is from a newbie a guy called Chris. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, um, well, um, welcome, so Chris. Well done. I've, I've got him. I'm following him on Twitter. He's very kindly followed back as well. Um, but I think the comments. I, Mark started it off, and I just <laughs> keeping the chain going around the whole um, e- how we're emulating our own club. Johnny, yes. you need to read the comments, mate. <laughs> I will do. I will do. <laughs> Excellent, gents. Yep. As always, thank you very much. We will speak Cheers. to you. Yeah, thank you. Bye then. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.